But but I was out, I was outraged when the outraged I tell you when the um, University of Utah opened up their orthopedic center yeah. and they put on the side of the building orthopedic. <laughs> and I said, we're not fucking British. It's orthopedic. It makes you feel more fancy, though. That's, you know, I it's guess like, it I trust them. They're British. Yeah. They've got a British spelling. Yeah. Yeah. The chemist. A yeah, chemist. yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say, you know, see, I, when I say I have to go pick something up at the pharmacy, I, I just say, I'm going to visit my druggist. Because <laughs> when I was a little kid, that's what they called them. You'd oh, go to the drugstore and, and the right, druggist. Right, the druggist? Yeah. So that's what I do. I go to the druggist. Well, our name used to be Graziano, but it got changed to Gray. Oh, so, Italian. Yeah. yeah. Which I kind of miss, but it's like a little too Italian. Were you ever were you ever known as Graziano? No. Or was that, that back in the... It was like a few generations ago, yeah. 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 That's another thing about the British spelling. See, an American, if you're a pedophile, that's pretty... That's bad. I mean, and it sounds bad. You're a pedophile. pedophile? But, but if you're in, in Great Britain, you're a paedophile. It's A-E. Paedophile. Paedophile. You're a paedophile. Which doesn't sound quite as bad. So. No, no. People, my friends went over there and they were, yeah, kept calling, you pe- you pedo. Pedo. Yeah. Pedos. You pedo. Well, so you're from here? Yeah, I was raised here. I'm basically from here. We're, we're rolling too, so. Was that all on? Was that all? We got the really exciting. Well, I think that was a that was a great beginning. We need context for that. Uh, great be- uh, Well, the context would be uh, into the. I can't. I can't hear anything. Oh, she can't hear oh, anything. There it is. It I, just needed to be. There. You know, you know, sometimes things work better if, if you just wiggle them. <laughs> Have you noticed That's that? That's how it works on ours. There's now you've now wrong. you've made mine go away. Now they're back. <laughs> D- Dick, we really need to get some new. What do we need there? I have tried three different things. Uh huh. Short of throwing the board out the window. No, 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 no. I know. I'm just. It's the cords. It's the cords somehow. Anyway, uh, so so all of this stuff you've been hearing uh, is um, the preamble. We call it the the pre-show moments of the Let's Go Eat show. Uh, Our guest has arrived. Her name is Barbara Graziano. Graziano. Was you have it Graziano? It, new it was Graziano. Graziano. I mean, I don't know. I guess I never heard anybody pronounce it, but I'm just gonna say that's how it went. Yeah. Uh, they just released the new emojis that have the Italian hands, so oh, I feel they? like I can really. The, 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 <laughs> hey, what's the matter? Hey, <laughs> uh, those hands. The what's the matter hands? So, so, uh, but, but, she is more colloquially known as Babs Gray. Mm-hmm. Nice to meet you. Good to meet you. Now, um, this is the Let's Go Eat show, by the way. I'm Bill Allred, and uh, what your uh, the background noise you'll hear is we're recording at the Daily. By the way, take a bite of your sandwich if I'm you like. I'm going to. D- is that what's going to happen? Okay, well, it can. It's the Let's Go Eat I show. I want to. I don't mind if people eat right into the microphone. Do you not? Is this a? Do people hate? I guess if people are listening, they know it's going to happen. I, it's got to happen because we do it at a restaurant, and I do it. I'm not eating right now. I I had something earlier, unfortunately, because these sandwiches are great. And this I'm is gonna, very good. I'm going to eat on mm-hmm. mic four bill today. Is that you need to turn your mic up a little bit? I do. Yeah, you do. Let's uh, see. Up, yeah. up, up. Yeah, there How's you go. There, there you are. Yep. So uh, I'm eat four bill. So we're yeah we're recording at the Daily, two twenty two South Main Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Uh, this is the least professional uh, broadcast. It's not a broadcast. <laughs> it's a podcast. The least professional podcast you'll probably ever hear. That is, cannot be true. I've been on so <laughs> many bad podcasts. This is by far. It's, much improved. It's horrible, isn't it? When, I've been asked to be on podcasts, and I've gone and done them, and then I just, why, why, why the fuck am I here? No, one of the worst ones I ever did was like 
12 people in a hotel room with like one mic in the corner and you're just like why are we can we just have a convert why are we doing this we don't need to have something recording this do, do you now uh, do you have your own podcast I do I have two I have one called lady to lady and, oh, I um, saw that. Yeah, that one's been around for a minute, and mm-hmm. it's me and two other female comics, and we have another funny lady come on. And then I have one called Britney's Graham that's been a weird experience analyzing Britney Spears' Instagram posts. So, <laughs> That's all you do? Yes, but it actually has turned into quite... I, I called it, it turned into a true crime in real time podcast because um, we uncovered some crazy stuff in her legal papers, and it turned into a whole thing. So Really? It's been a fascinating journey. Yeah, I so, like that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, let's uh, let's explain who uh, Babs Gray <laughs> is that you may not have you know, may not have heard of her. She is a, uh, she grew up here in uh, Salt Lake, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, at some point decamped to uh, Los Angeles, and uh, she's a stand-up comic. That's right. Starting when were you a stand-up comic here in Salt Lake? Um, no, I think I did maybe one open mic in Salt Lake, but I've lived in LA for about 12 years, and so been doing stand-up just a little over 10 years now. Why? Because I need attention all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's basically the, the main reason, that's, that's, if you want to get to the root of it, I think. I, I think that's probably true, but it's a, <laughs> but, it, but that's a, it's a hard way to get the attention. It is, but it's very gratifying when it happens. Um, I mean, yeah, I was always just performing and doing stupid stuff to make people laugh, and then I loved comedy. I was obsessed with it. When I moved out there, there was so much good comedy to see, so I'd mm-hmm. go see it all the time, and thought and then you know i'd go see bad comedy and that was the key to being like oh i think i could do this that was the key to me actually finally deciding on a career in radio when i listened around to radio shows and went god this is awful (laughs) i can do that yeah see we don't appreciate the bad people enough you know because they're the ones who inspire us to get started that's absolutely you are absolutely correct my wife cannot understand (laughs) why i listen i'll listen to local radio around here or we're on trips and i try and find small town radio stations and listen to them she said how can you stand to listen to this shit and i said because i love it yeah it's so bad i love it (laughs) Exactly. You're like, okay, I'm doing something right. I can feel good about that. But yeah, it did inspire me to actually start, you know. Mm-hmm. And then once I started stand-up, it was definitely one of those things where I was like, this is this is it. And didn't you look a, back. You have a great voice. Now, I watched a couple of your uh, things oh, no. online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, your voice was not quite the way it is now. It was, It's a little gravelly or something. Is it... Are you slightly ill, or is this the way it really is? No, this is my voice. I think I'm. I think maybe my, I'm a little. Yeah, here, there. It's right there. There's a little. <laughs> I lo- it's great. It sounds good. No, I think. Um, I think this is real. I think maybe I get a little more like this in Salt Lake because my I get a little congested or something uh-huh. with the air here. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. no, this is it. I. I've experienced experimented with different on stage sometimes. I don't know, never know what's going to come out on there. So yeah. Do you? So when you started doing stand up, did you just get up there and wing it? No, I was very like, I looked in the mirror and read my, you know, lines to myself. And now I get up there and just wing it for the most part. But um, it, it, You really do? I mean, I have stuff that's written, but I just get up and like, I'd rather get up and see what happens and try to trust myself than to rely too much on things. Yeah, I've never been quite sure how that, how that works with stand-up comedy. And probably all the stand-up com- comics are different. So, there are those, I assume, who never write anything. And just get up and start going, to with varying degrees of success, probably. But yeah, I mean, there's some really. Rory Scovel is a very good like improvisational comic, um, but I just it's more. I don't know if it's a laziness thing. It's just when I first started stand, it was very easy for me to sit down and be like, okay, write out a joke, and now I have a very very hard time doing that. So 
the only way I can write is if I'm on stage. So those jokes do come back again. You just discover it on stage and then use it again later. And maybe refine it in your mind mm-hmm. and do it a little bit and uh, so forth and so on. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a hard thing to do to be a stand-up comic, I think. Um, I do stuff that's funny on a radio show. But I don't, we don't, well, we write things occasionally. We used to write a lot more sketches and things like that, but we, we don't do that much anymore. But it's so it's improvisational and impromptu. But it's um, when you, when, uh, but there are times when I sit down and try and write something, and it's really hard. It is. I don't know why it's it's gotten so much harder the longer I've done it. It's just like I have these jokes that are big bits that could like really use me sitting down and figuring out the math of it and how it works and. I just blank when I sit down to do really? it. So I think there's something about being in the moment, and you obviously have a rapport, you know, and so you just kind of go off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so can you can you make your living doing this? <laughs> she laughs and laughs and laughs and <laughs> no. laughs. No. I mean, well, it's very hard in L.A. You don't get paid to do it. If you live in a smaller scene, there's a lot of good, like, smaller scenes in around the country, mm-hmm. Denver. Um, you can make a lot more money at it. But L.A. does not pay stand-up at all. So you have to go on the road if you want to get anything. And even then, it's pretty hard You got to, you know, you just break even. Yeah. So you have to be well-known in another sense, usually from TV or something like that, to get enough money to go on the road mm-hmm. to make money at it. Yeah. And do, do you do some of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Lady to Lady does pretty... We go on the show, on the road sometimes together, and we make, you know, we do pretty decently. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll go out on the road to... I was getting ready for an album, like, a while ago, and was trying to go out on the road and get ready for that, mm-hmm. so... Um, well, how, how do you, so people who have not heard you, and, and if you if you want to hear some of uh, Babs Gray's stuff, just Google her name and things will come up, or go to the Lady to Lady podcast, mm-hmm. and what's the other one called? Uh, Brittany's Graham is the other one. Brittany's Graham. Yeah. I want to, I'm going to hear it, listen to that one. <laughs> I'll send you the right episode to listen to, because it's a wild journey. It starts out as a comedy podcast, and then we kind of go into this weird descent into what's going on with her legally and then we get a whistleblower phone call it's a really crazy really really crazy is, it, is that still going on yes it's all still going on the kind of the kind of mystery of it and yeah the- we're we're taking we're not releasing the, epi- the episodes as much because they kind of took on another sense of the show are you like, getting sued we're not getting sued but not yet. other people have that are involved with it so um no we just being very careful you know it just I, turned into something else. It's very odd. It's very strange. It's been a, it's been a wild journey. It's something that I think like pod, it's just a good example of what podcasting can do now because it's so, you know, e- it's a lot more easy sure. to produce obviously than anything else. So it's just I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of the wild west mm-hmm. with podcasting. Yeah. It was a weird example of what can happen with it. Uh, did you, you listen to sorry? Bill, go did ahead. You listen to um, Missing Richard Simmons, I think, or that, that I, type of a thing. It's, yeah, it's kind of like that. So mm. that you know, you started off with just like a one direction and all of a sudden that morphed into something completely different. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's what happened. Okay. And finally Richard Simmons has to come out and say, I have <laughs> not like, been murdered me and I'm <laughs> not being I'm not being held captive by my housekeeper. I know, poor so guy. Brittany's going yeah. to stand up and be like, look, I'm good. Yeah. Just if she, I mean, if she did that, it, you know, I think people would back off. Do you have any idea that she that she's aware of uh, your podcast? I'm pretty sure. I'd be very surprised if she wasn't aware of it because, like, it actually has resulted in um, court dates for her because she ordered an investigation into her conservatorship because of it. This is so. This is all that bullshit with her father, right? Yeah, yeah. So her father's in charge. Ja- in charge of her, name? Jamie. Jamie, yeah. He's in charge of her. Um, 
Yeah, so she, I know she knows about it. I'm not. It's funny because some a lot of people are like, "Wow, like wouldn't I don't can't you just not wait to meet her?" And I'm like, I don't. I like like her, but that's not. A, this was just a random fluke. I'm not. Yeah. You know, it's not my like dying wish. To yeah, you just kind of got. Her. You just kind of got involved in the in the yeah. bizarre aspect of yes. the story of her life because mm-hmm. her dad. Did, did he have her committed at one point? Because um, yeah. he certainly she, could if he wanted to. She got um, 5150, and then there was a conservatorship placed over her, which is basically where they're in, totally in charge of everything yeah. in your life. And then that got turned into a permanent one, and it's just very odd because most people in those situations are like not able to work or mm-hmm. you know make yeah. any money, but she makes millions and millions of dollars. Still, yeah. So there's a lot of people who stand to make a lot of money off of her staying in the situation, and that's kind of like the problem. Yeah. It's a sad story, isn't it? It's very sad. Because she, she, she was a mouseketeer, damn it. I know, yeah. It's one of those, I think it's a very classic, like, kind of, you know, Marilyn Monroe, Judy Garland, kind of like the industry swallows you up sort of thing. It, it is interesting. She was a mouseketeer with Justin Timberlake, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And Christina Aguilera. And it's, in, it's interesting to compare how those other careers have gone, though. I mean, Justin Timberlake seems to have come through things okay, and... You know, he does well for himself, obviously. and uh, Yeah, everyone gets affected differently, you know. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, her dad's, I don't know, her dad's a piece of work. So. piece of work. <laughs> uh, Babs Gray, a uh, little girl growing up in Salt Lake. What did you want to be when you were a little girl growing up in Salt Lake? I mean, I wanted to be in theater or a director or something. Mm-hmm. So did I, did I you do plays at school? Arts. Yeah, I was a big theater nerd, so. At what school? Um, East High. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I live right by East High. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we were the theater nerds. And I then live in your old principal's house, I think. As a matter of fact. <laughs> Do I'm not you kidding. really? Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Paul Sagers. Oh, yeah. Was that's it Principal crazy. Sagers? It wasn't him then, but it was, I can't remember the Because I know he now. was the principal at East High at one point. And, oh, yeah. And I, we bought his house 20 years ago. So you must be right there. You just you get to yell at get off my lawn a lot? I do it a lot. <laughs> yeah. But actually, that neighborhood, right. So I live just sort of down and over. So it's usually I'm yelling at transients. Oh, right, right, right. Get off my lawn. Brian David Mitchell slept on my parks strip. You know who that is? The uh, the one who kidnapped uh, uh, Elizabeth, oh, Elizabeth yes, Smart. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, he was slept on my parks Whoa. strip for a while. Couple of nights. I didn't know who he was, obviously. If only you'd paid attention. You I know. Saved her. Just get off the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so you're a theater nerd at East High, and uh, and then then what? College. And then I went to the U, and you know, I did theater at first, and then I was like, this is. I like theater people, but there are a lot to deal with, and mm-hmm. I couldn't handle yeah. it. And it's and it's hard. I mean, <laughs> it's very hard. It's really hard. To, it's hard on your ego. Of course, I don't know. You're in a job that's hard on your ego now. I am. Yeah. I mean, it was funny because I still have like, I, you know, we'd be all the theater kids, and then like for the regular musicals and stuff, all the Mormon kids would come and audition, and they would get like the main parts, while the rest of the theater kids would just get like washed aside. Because of course, they all have beautiful voices. I don't know why. <laughs> and so we'd just be like, fine. And so you know, I'm still bitter about some high school. <laughs> of course stuff. you are. In a classic egotistical, narcissist way. But isn't um, that terrible to still be bitter about so things stu- that happen in high it's school? So stupid. Oh, I am. <laughs> it's. I spend lots of therapy you know, money on talking about that exactly. Yeah, I guess that is pretty common. Here's my advice to to both of you: do what I I d- did, and and drink so much and have so, do so many drugs that you don't remember high school. <laughs> That's really That's the thing. That's what's sad is I have done that, and those oh. moments still stick out. <laughs> that is bad. <laughs> you know, so have I. That is bad. That's really you bad. Not your, your yeah. Advice yeah. You I can't, just, it's too bad we can't do the, um, 
It's oh my gosh, never mind. I was gonna. What's that movie where they erase stuff from your mind? Not Men in Black, but the oh, um, uh, the Eternal Sunshine. Eternal of the Sunshine. Spotless mind. You can't choose what you want to get rid of. You know. Yeah, yeah. When you drink, it's like it just chooses for I, you. I, that is true. <laughs> it is true. Fortunately, high school, I cared for it so little that. Yeah, it's I, just I, gone. I, I mean, it was full of indignities, but I cared for it not at all, so well, it see, went away. You you grew up going to East. I went to Brighton, so mm-hmm. we were both like in money high schools, right? Like money. Like lots of money. East is, mm, I guess. Was, I don't. East was, East was more than I guess. Well, maybe. I don't I know. My wife. My wife went to East, and fair enough. She's from a poor family. Fair enough. She, they, they're church mice, you know. Uh, East High School. So I think they have the reputation because they're on the East Bench. But I think it's there's a there's a pretty good diversity there. I, and it, of sure white kids. It has to have changed when I, back when I was going too. So yeah. I, I guess I should retract my statement. Okay, do it. I'm retracting. <laughs> have you retracted it? Okay, <laughs> thanks. Give Dick. me something else to eat on yeah. mic. I'll just be quiet. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, Dick has this. You should have that sandwich, by the way. It's the. It's, if you come to the daily, have the broccoli hero. Ooh. It doesn't That's never something I would think to order. No, no, and it doesn't sound like it would be good. I took a bite of it. He's had it two or three times. Finally, I took a bite of this one. I went, oh, my God. I see. Yes. So, anyway, you go to the U for a while in theater, and then... Uh, uh, yeah, I, th- I switched from theater to film, so I did a film studies degree at the U, and then I kind of just fucked around Salt Lake for a few years, and then I was like, all right, L.A., let's do it. So, so you went to L.A. because you wanted to be... I wanted to work in film. Yeah, I wanted to work in TV, film, and Mm -hmm. I just was like, I'm just going to go and see what happens. By yourself? Yeah. I mean, my dad, like, helped me. He drove me out there and stuff, but but, I I didn't really know anybody. mm -hmm. You just went and did it. When did it? I started taking UCB improv classes because that was, like, the place to go. The Upright Citizens Brigade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I just, yeah, went from there. and. How was that, by the way? It was good. I mean, it's kind of a little bit of a racket, you know, mm-hmm. like you spend a lot of money for these things. I think it, there's this problem with places like that where people get really obsessed with like them with growing only in that space. So you spend a lot of money hoping you'll get on one a team of like 10 people and then it doesn't happen and people get really obsessed with that. So yeah. I was grateful for stand up because it gives you a lot of opportunity to just you don't have to pay for it because that's you're paying to get improv classes mm-hmm. and you can do it all the time everywhere, you know, on your own. There's a lot of, of open mic. Oh, yeah. It's insane. You look at the website, there's like, you know, 30 every day at least. It's really? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, talk about, talk a little bit about the first time you decided I'm going to do that and, and in L.A., in front of an L.A. crowd, what that was like. I was, I was working as like a beer girl at a really gross like basement show, a midnight show on the weekends. And the guy who ran it was like, you better start doing stand-up. You know, it's not going to, like, get any easier. You better start now. And I kind of, like, hung around for a while. Like I said, I would go to Mike's and, like, just watch and be mm-hmm. too scared to get up and just kind of, like, observe. I was not one of those people who was like, yeah, I'm going to get up and crush. Because all those people always bomb no matter what. <laughs> they're always bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're usually bad at stand-up forever. Um, but I... And then, yeah, I, my friends who helped him run that show ran an open mic, and they so I felt comfortable because they ran. I was like, okay, I think I can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that day at work, I was like, I was working in some reality show in another weird basement somewhere else in LA, <laughs> and and just kind of like. What so do you mean nervous. you were working a reality show? I was I'm doing checking on it. I was or? doing transcripts, so I was like doing all the you know you type out everything that they say so the producers can use it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like just working on that all day. Mm-hmm. I just went in. I remember going to the bathroom and just like looking at my little list of very bad jokes. Um, 
and just kind of going over them. How bad were they, really? I mean, give me a, I think... Can you give I'm, me an example of to, one? I've been trying to remember what they were. I think one was about, like, how the Jonas... I'm like the Jonas Brothers because I'm saving myself because they were ce- they were like celibate at one point. That's right. I, but I don't know what the joke was. But I said I'm saving myself for Taco Bell. It was just like bad, not <laughs> like not bad and like offensive, but just bad. Yeah. Offensive because they're not funny. You know. I like the Jonas Brothers. I'm saving myself. <laughs> I'm saving myself for Taco Bell. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> that was, was the joke, wasn't it? It was something like yeah. that. I think. Yeah. Um, and got me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I, I need to find the paper where all that stuff was written on because it's somewhere. And then yeah, I did it and I had a I did well. I had a good set and I was comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest challenge is getting comfortable on stage. That's yeah. what most people struggle with. But I wasn't. I didn't really have a problem with that because I was used to performing and stuff. So you weren't shaking like a leaf. And no, I just I was having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just and you got a few there, laughs. Yeah. And you went. Ah. I went. This, feels I like this. Yeah. Um, and it was people there who I'd like seen, who I respected, and I was like, "Oh no, what if they hate me?" And you know, all that kind of that's, stuff. That's one question that I've got for you, but I don't want to derail your story. But at some point, I would love to know who your comedy influences yeah. are. Yeah. Well, we well, can do we that can, off mic if you're embarrassed. We whatever, can talk about that right no, now. No, I'm, I'm honestly, it's a bad question to ask for me because. I don't have a lot of stand-up ones. I listen to a little bit of stand-up, but I don't like to listen to it too much because I think it like influences. Me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, Makes I sense. should be like them. You know, mm-hmm. so I get a little too. Well, you, you sometimes you un, you unconsciously copy people. I've done that before. Yeah, I think it's just a little like you're like, I like how they do it. Maybe mm-hmm. I should, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I don't I don't watch a lot of also because I see stand-up every night, so I just don't go home and like watch professionals sure. on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's a million people I love. Um, I love Maria Bamford. And like at Rory mm-hmm. Scovel, who I talked about, but growing up, it's like I mean, I really was obsessed with British comedy TV. So like in the early two thousands, like Mighty Boosh and stuff like that. So that's those are my main inspiration. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place and did you ever watch um, League of Gentlemen? I I've only watched a little bit of it. My oh best my friend's God. obsessed with that show. My I need God. to watch it. I you know I didn't realize. No, I saw them when they first imported them here, and I didn't realize they're all available now on Hulu. Oh, and they I, are. Yeah, and I just watched. I watched the first one ever, the, the season one, episode one, the, the other night, and it's just as weird and funny as I remember it being. My God, it was that's a strange show. But you know, and I didn't realize who came out of that show, League of Gentlemen, Mark Gaddis, who's who's now like uh, Sherlock on TV, oh. and he you know he's, he plays Mycroft Holmes on, and he, he's in a million things all the time. He plays just dozens of different roles in this this comedy troupe, the League of Gentlemen. That's one. It's a, that's a good example of one. That's one I haven't like gone down the rabbit hole myself on, but it's an, an example. All that kind of. That kind of I really love like, like weird British yeah, yeah. comedy. Mm-hmm. Darth or Garth Marenghi. Yeah, mm-hmm. she. Yeah, I think she mentioned that she, dark places. Yeah, yeah. which Mar- I heard was coming back. Did it come back? No, I don't think it's ever coming back. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, Mighty Boosh, Snuffbox, like Matt Berry. I must have got hung up when you said Mighty Boosh because then I just started singing the sing- theme song in my head and I was just sitting there going like, oh, I love. And then I started thinking about. British Bake Off and the whole thing. So I think you yeah. should. I think you should find your um, your list, your original set. Go. For, you've got the paper somewhere. <laughs> I do. I think you should find it and build build a, a routine around it. <laughs> it's a good idea. I mean, it would be. I know I did. I did do one open mic like a million, in Salt Lake. So I, I don't count that as my start because mm-hmm. I didn't like really. But I had something about like shaving an anchor into my pubic hair or something. <laughs> that was. I don't what? know what it was. Shit. But wait. No. Wait a minute. <laughs> let's see. Let's figure out what the joke was I there. Know. I, I, mean, I it's think a it was like to image. get attention on the yeah. beat. Where I don't know what the. So I thought it would be good to have a you know something 
I shaved an anchor into my bush. <laughs> Look, I don't, hmm. I was probably just I trying really to like, like be like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I was just trying to be shocking or something yeah. that way. Um, what about what about that aspect of comedy? Um, there are some comics who work completely clean and very well, very good at it. Uh, there are some comics who are really blue and dirty. And what do you? How do you fall in that? And what do you think about it? Um, I mean, I've have pretty my material is pretty blue. I would say, but I don't think about it that way. Just it's just me. I'm not like trying to be a certain way. I'm not trying to be shocking. It's just how I am, you mm-hmm. know. So I think now that I I kind of shy away from it more because I do find it a little bit of a crutch sometimes. So as I develop as a comic, I'm trying to be just more inventive I guess in general and not just be like you know but a lot of crowds really they like that they want you know you can connect with people easily on it so it is something that you can bring out if you're like having a tough time it's like all right they just want to hear like sex jokes whatever here we go yeah so it's nice to be able to do but I really do respect like comics who can work totally clean I think it's very admirable I think as long as you're just being true to yourself that's what's important because I wouldn't want to, you know, I feel like it's weird when people are like fake. Everyone's kind of a character up there, but you know, you can yeah. tell if somebody's sure. like being kind of a false version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's the same thing on the radio. You know, I'm pe- people say, boy, you're you're really just like yourself. And and I'm not really. I'm uh, I'm playing a, I'm playing the Bill Allred character. Of course. On yeah. the radio show. Yeah. Um, so um, you, you've kept at it and kept at it and uh, and. Uh, you're, you have you're achieving some success. Yeah. What's what's the long range plan? Um, I'd like to make TV. I mean, I want to write shows and direct shows and be a. Well, but writing you know. then you have to sit down and write. Yes, I. Well, the thing is, I can sit down and write scripts. I can sit down oh. and write jokes. So I can do. I like writing scripts and stuff, but jokes are a, much, a whole other thing. Um, yeah. So I've written a lot of stuff. I've written a lot of pilots and stuff like that, and you know. I've, I've gotten a few small writing jobs, but that's it's extremely hard to break into, and it's very oh, frustrating, and I've gotten rejected a million times. Everyone's like, that's a great sign. That means that you're close. And I'm like, well, I'm not there, so thanks. I hate well, it when least people say that. I, but at least you're getting rejected. Some people don't even get that. I know, but it still sucks. Like you, I can. I felt like that up to a certain point, but after like mm-hmm. you know a decade of getting rejected and just like, uh, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the ideal, I think, is to be a showrunner and a you know show creator and stuff, and some part of me is like maybe I'll try to move to the UK and do it over there because I do like the way they make TV more but um, now that we have Netflix and stuff it's a little bit better with like six episode seasons yeah, and yeah, things and like that yeah and I'm sure you watch Fleabag and oh yeah of course good lord that's so good almost and I had no idea uh, until after I'd seen it that it's a, it was actually based on I mean she did it as a one woman show mm-hmm. uh, I I would have just and then she came to New York and did it uh, after Fleabag was a big success here yeah, she did. My friend went and saw, they did like a broadcast thing of it where you could watch her do it oh, live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said it was incredible. Yeah. yeah that's one thing I'm, I'm, I'm actually taking clown classes right now. Clowning's mm-hmm. real big in LA. <laughs> clown classes. Okay. <laughs> and it's not, it's not like a red nose. It's kind of like improv, but like just being more free and silly. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those people go to a fringe festival in Scotland and right. do their one woman show and all that stuff so a lot of I'm working on that right now I want to bring it to Salt Lake but there's not a good a lot of good like black boxes here like small theaters there are a few now but and there is a there is a Salt Lake Fringe Festival oh is there yeah oh, I didn't even know about that yeah they uh, I've, I've seen some pretty good stuff 
Uh, there's a production company here too called Sackerson, mm-hmm. and they do really unusual, in, uh, interesting um, theatrical performances. They they're a product. They produce these things. You know, they go out and seek them out. And, um, there uh, there was one as a one woman show called uh, Do You Want to See Me Naked, and it's about a. It was a woman who uh, the the actress was very good and the writing was excellent. She's a, a heavy woman. Uh, who's I think was a Mormon and uh, you know trying to trying to figure out how to be sexy with those mm. constraints of mm-hmm. being being a large woman and being a Mormon and and it was really well done excellent script and acting that sounds and, great yeah and they do stuff like that and it was funny and funny and kind of poignant and you know everything it should be um, so if you look them up yeah Sackerson. I'll have to check that out that's kind of what I because I'm trying to move out of my comfort zone on stage and one part of that is kind of like doing this. One, I don't know. It's interesting to push yourself, you know, and try and do different so, things. So, for instance, like Fleabag, I can't. I was trying to imagine what that must have been like. It must have been just her on stage recounting these stories that then they fleshed out with actual other actors for the TV show. I guess so, yeah. I'm not... My friend kind of told me it worked, and she said it's weird. It flows between, like, scenes very easily, but mm. I don't really know how technically it but worked. But it's just yeah. her. But it's just her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that, to me, that's a really... If you can, it's very impressive. If, yeah, and find your own voice and find and write a play for yourself and perform it yourself. Pretty damn good. Yeah, that, I love that kind of stuff. I'm, that's what I'm trying to do, and I'd love to go to and do the French Festival. You know, you do your show every day for a month, so it's like that's a lot of yeah. practice, and you get to see a lot of other amazing people. So that's kind of something I'm working towards now, as far as personally performance-wise, and then the outside of that career-wise, you know, trying to just. I don't yeah. have it. How do, how do you get into this this French Scottish the Fringe Festival? You have to. It's I, you have to. I don't know. It's I tried to look at the the process. And it was very confusing. So mm-hmm. I need to talk to some friends who've gone. They have. I gone. think you have to film it and mm-hmm. submit it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now through all of this, have you, do you now do you have an agent? Yeah, I have a manager. A manager. Um, What's the difference between an agent and a manager? Nothing? I've been trying to find out. (laughs) Apparently, agents are the ones who, like, seal the deal or something. Managers who just want to kind of help you with your career overall. Mm -hmm. That's what I've heard. It's very confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I've, I've, you know, had representation for a decent amount of years. It's tough, though. You know, people say, like, they earn 10% for a reason, and that's because you have to really... Just because you have them doesn't mean, you you know, you have to work any less. You still have to, like, push and push and push and... It, that can be exhausting. I'm definitely mm-hmm. at a little bit of a point right now where I'm like very tired and a little sick of the whole like all the bullshit. So mm-hmm. it's tough. It's tough to like you know make yourself what keep about, going. What about being a woman in comedy? That it's 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 different. Got to be different. Harder in a lot of ways, I would think. I mean, it's different, but it's not different to me because that's because you me. are. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, for me, it's all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, of course, it's like you run into annoying shit, but. I don't know. I can't stop and think about it too much because it's like, well, that's just my life. Here I am. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it kind of, it definitely does create a bond, I think, between you and other, like, ladies doing it. And they have, we have to work, like, to be individual uh, maybe a little bit more sometimes. And mm-hmm. that, I think, creates, makes us a little stronger. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of women who have re- very individual voices, and I think that's maybe because of that. So, there are a lot more women in comedy now, it seems, than there there used to be. Yes. Uh, it, does that does that make it maybe easier to be taken seriously? You think? Uh, 
rather than okay, honey, maybe I'll let you go on at some time. And then uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. The thing is, I never really worked in the club system, and I think that was a lot more prevalent in the clubs because I was always like kind of an alternative indie, mm-hmm. make our own shows, go to our own things, which is kind of can, has been a problem sometimes because I, you know, there's not always. It's like three people at a coffee shop, you know? Thanks um, for coming, Mom and Dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that systemic, like, misogyny that I think is in a lot of the club uh, stuff, I haven't dealt with as much. Um, so I know it's there and I hear about it all the time. But for me, I don't know. Like I said, you just kind of just do it and keep yeah. going. And you're yeah. just like, I mean, if anyone's ever an asshole to me, I'm just funnier than them. That's really what it comes down to. It's like, well, I'm funnier than you, so I don't really care. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, you're here in Salt Lake briefly. What are you what are you doing here? Why are you here? I was here to go to Sundance um, with one of my co-hosts um, of Lady to Lady Tests, and just you know we had some friends up there seeing stuff. And since I'm from here, it's pretty easy to stay at my parents' place mm-hmm. and go up there. And yeah, just hang out with the family. I haven't been home in a second, so. Mm-hmm. And as, how does your family feel about all of this? What you're doing? They're re- they're supportive. They, uh, you know, I mean, it's been a little embarrassing sometimes when they see my sets because it's just it has been really blue, and it's like, well, but you have to remember, like, this is not for them. It's not for them. You talk about them at all? I have before. I don't have like a lot of jokes mm-hmm. about them, but I like during my album. I did my album recording um, at. Uh, oh my god, how am I blanking on the name of this place? Here, here in town. Yeah, I did it in town at. Wise guys? It wasn't wise guys. No, it was at a at a like music club. What the hell is it called? Oh, Urban Lounge. Urban Lounge. Thank you. I know because I read I read that. About yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So Urban Lounge, and you know they were there. They told me they weren't going to show up, and then they did. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know I did some in, intense sex joke, and then I was like, my parents are here, so that can be a fun like <laughs> thing sometimes if they're there. But they're no, they're used to it, and mm-hmm. you know, I Good. mean, they I sing too, and that's what they really want. They want me to like sing. So if I ever need to like get their approval I'll just do that and then it'll distract them for a little while <laughs> from, sing to us honey from the don't, other don't, don't, don't tell us those dirty yeah, jokes exactly. we don't want to hear about the anchor in your privates <laughs> if I sing about it then they're yeah. fine yeah you know? yeah <laughs> uh, so um, people want to hear your the album you recorded at Urban Lounge how do they do that it's, I'm, I'm finishing editing it because it's been a weird process but um, it's going to be out, out in a few months on a special things it's like a comedy record label it's called If I Did It. so. And uh, it will be there for purchase, I would assume. Yes, on thespecialthing.com. Okay. Uh, anything else we need to cover, Dick, I think? Oh, I mean, I could sit here and ask you lots of questions about podcasts. I mean, like, <laughs> Lady to Lady is where I first, like, knew of you anyway. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm sure we could talk lots of mutual L.A. friends and stuff. But, no, other than that, um, Plug those podcasts again because I want to remember and I think the uh, people listening would want to hear them. Yeah, um, I'm going to plug it. I also have a friend who runs one in Salt Lake with a lot of my very funny Salt Lake friends. It's called Consider Our Knowledge. It's like an NPR parody. So that is one I want to shout out. Um, I just did their episode this week. It was super funny. Mm -hmm. And so my podcasts are Lady to Lady, and that's like just ladies being funny together, and then Britney's Graham, which if you start from the beginning... You're on for a wild ride. <laughs> I'm just writing down, consider our knowledge. That yeah. sounds interesting to me. Yeah, you should check it out. I might know the people. I don't know. Yeah, I, you might. Mm. Uh, thanks for taking some time. Yeah, thank you guys. It's great to meet you. I always listen to your show, so it was really cool. Oh, thanks. You here. still listen in L.A.? I can't. I, no, I don't you listen. You can. I can't. Are you on the, on, on yeah, the internet, sure. right? Yeah, and we have a, an app. You can just put it on your phone. Okay, I'm in. I'll okay, do it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll try and I'll listen to more of your comedy. Thank you. All right. Uh, Babs Gray is who we've been talking to. She is uh, from Salt Lake. She's making her way in the comedy world. 
and uh, she's very charming and very entertaining. Oh, thanks. You are. Thanks to Dick Clark for producing the show. Thank you to Ryan Lauder, the uh, chief cook and bottle washer of not only Copper Onion, but Copper Common, Copper Corner, and here, this fine restaurant, The Daily, 222 South Main in downtown Salt Lake, open for breakfast and lunch, and brunch, I believe, on Saturday and Sunday, uh, The Daily. Uh, That's it. I'm Bill Allred. Remember, next time you're pouring drinks, make mine a double.